Welcome to Scoop with Steve Football. Scoop Steve Football. I'm your host, Stephen Clinton, a data scientist slash film junkie with a background in quality control on the coaching staffs at Northwestern University and the University of Toledo. You can learn more about my background on my substack, uh, but I want to uh, dive right into the football talk today. And today I'm uh, going to be talking about um, some takeaways I had as I was watching some uh, Carolina Panthers film from uh, from last year uh, over the past day. So uh, the topic that came up to uh, for me as I was uh, going through some Panthers film, you know, getting ready for the uh, upcoming uh, fantasy and gambling seasons or the NFL season as you might think of it. But, uh, you know, as I was watching the Panthers, I, I was, you know, have so much fun watching left tackle Ekamakwanu, who is just, you know, an athletic freak show. I mean, the guy's ability to move as fluidly and easily as he does at his size. The raw testing numbers at the combine might not be, you know, completely off the charts, but when you see the whole package on an NFL field, I mean, Aquanu is just a, a special athlete out there, right? So, um, you know, he's a, he's a blast to watch. And as I watch him, you know, my big question, um, especially since I'm sitting here in June and the O-line mastermind summit is going on, I'm just wondering what Aquanu is up to this summer because as impressive as the rookie season was in many regards, and he's just a freak show in the run game already, uh, Aquanu definitely has some things to uh, clean up in pass protection if he is going to uh, fulfill his potential as an all-pro player, which, you know, I think he certainly has, um, you know, can totally understand all, all the uh, all the praise that was heaped on him uh, by folks like Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network, uh, Brandon Thorne, who does some stuff for Bleacher Report, among others, uh, when Aquana was coming out because he's just an incredibly impressive athlete and prospect of the left tackle position. However, uh, as I say, you know, there were some issues in pass protection and, you know, Panthers fans probably won't be uh, surprised to, to hear this because, you know, um, th there were a few different instances where this showed up, uh, most notably perhaps uh, in Carolina's uh, decisive week 17 game again, or I guess, or yeah, week 17 game against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Anthony Nelson, um, you know, Panthers had gone down 24-21. Anthony Nelson beats Aquanu quick around the hoop, strip sacks Darnold, and, and that was basically that's all she wrote for the Carolina season. Um, yeah, I included a, a link to uh, that in the sh in the show notes if you want to check out the video of that. I also included um, two links to um, uh, the Panthers game against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, which uh, have a, a couple of good examples of um, – well, not good for Aquanu, but um, just examples of Aquanu getting beat by, you know, an elite pass rusher in Pittsburgh's Alex Highsmith. And specifically, uh, Alex Highsmith is uh, using a move that he executes just as well as anybody, which is um, an inside cross chop to uh, the tackle's outside arm to set up an inside spin. So essentially, um, Highsmith is, is rushing off the right edge. Um, so his arm is his right arm is on the outside. Aquano, who's facing him, has his left arm on the outside. With this move, Highsmith comes across with his left arm and chops the tackle's outside arm and then starts spinning back in that direction. So as he disables Aquano's uh, left arm, his outside arm, uh, Highsmith starts spinning back and that allows him to take his right arm and kind of ice pick um, or use his hand to spin through Aquano's inside arm. And, uh, you know, as you see, if you go watch those clips, I mean, he executes this as well as you can execute it against Aquano. The first time Highsmith gets a sack on Sam Darnold, the second time he creates the disruption that allows uh, Cam Hayward and TJ Watt to come in and get another sack on Darnold. Now, um, I'm not, you know, including those highlights to uh, to bag on Aquanu, um, you know, because I really like him and uh, 
you know, I also think that this is very correctable. But, you know, I do want to show that this is a clear issue that is going to need to get fixed for Aquanu to fulfill his potential as an all-pro player. It's not just, you know, something I'm blindly throwing out there to, to pick on some person that I've never met in my life. So, um, you know, uh, as uh, you know, at the same time, we've got these examples where clearly Aquanu at that moment of truth. And, you know, this is where, you know, getting with people at the O-Line Mastermind Summit or O-Line experts is going to be way more helpful than chatting with me because, well, I can certainly identify that this is an issue. I uh, do not have the expertise in O-Line play to, uh, you know, sit down and correct it with him. But there are definitely guys out there who can. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing about today's NFL is that we have these O-Line Mastermind Summits. And then, of course, the the edge rusher uh, or the pass rushing uh, you know, mastermind summits where these guys are, you know, talking shop and just continuing to refine their games. And we just all get a, a better NFL as, as a result. So, however, while I don't know exactly, you know, what you would tell Aquano to, to correct this issue, which to me seems to be some sort of a combination of, of his hand punch, um, his, his patience, and just kind of his angle discipline not being quite, quite where it needs to be um, in, in his uh, pass setbacks. Aquano also has absolutely ridiculous feet. In that same Week 17 game against Tampa Bay, there's also another example. I think it might be against Anthony Nelson, but I could be wrong on that. Where Aquano has to go inside uh, from the left side with, with his pass rusher who's trying to take an inside path. Then the guy reverses course and tries to go outside. And Aquanu has to, you know, hit the brakes moving laterally and then start kicking out to his left after he was sliding to his right. And his ability to do this and, and maintain his lateral, uh, you know, a, a square body to the defender, I mean, and then just the, the incredible quickness that his feet had as he was reversing angle back out to the left. I mean, it, it was just ridiculous. Like one of those things where you sit there and marvel at how a man of his size can possibly move like that. So, you know, just based on the fact that his feet are that freaking good um, or, or that he has that quickness in his feet, he's got so much ability in his body. I, I'm going to, you know bet that, you know, with, with the right uh, work, and by all accounts, Ikamaquano is, you know, an off-the-charts character type of guy. Um, I think that Ikamaquano is going to get this fixed, and, and um, you know, just as it relates to uh, to Bryce Young and, and the um, Panthers' selection of Bryce Young over, say, and Anthony Richardson, I think that, you know, obviously you're picking the quarterback to pick the quarterback, but I did feel that if the Panthers had really been concerned and wanted to hedge against the possibility that Aquanu does not get the pass protection fixed, I thought that Anthony Richardson would have been the option to go with at quarterback because with the run threat that Anthony Richardson is going to present, uh, now for the Indianapolis Colts, of course, you can scheme up your offense to really limit the number of actual dropback uh, pass protection reps that you're going to have. Now, you are going to have those situations eventually on third downs, uh, but when you can, you know, do so much with the zone read action and also, you know, any sort of, of play action that comes off of that zone read game, you can really uh, limit the exposure that uh, your left tackle in this case, or that any player on your O-line um, is just in a straight drop back uh, pass protection situation and increase the number of times where they're getting out on the run, they're getting out in the zone game, they're getting out looping in front, and Aquano excels at all those things. So, you know, again, if, if the Panthers had wanted to hedge against him not developing, maybe you go with um with Anthony Richardson but you know and again I don't think this is the only reason they took Bryce Young or anything close to it but I think that taking Bryce Young is you know sort of a, a, a tacit uh bet that
that Aquano is going to get this figured out and he's going to uh, to clean up the, the pass protection there. And then if that happens, I mean, he's going to turn into a blindside protector who is as good as, you know, just about anybody in the NFL with his combination of athleticism. And, you know, if you add in just the refinement to, to, to clean up these, uh, these hiccups in pass protection that he had as a rookie, which again, you know, you're a rookie in the NFL. You're going against a bunch of veterans who have been working on the nuances of, of their pass rush, you know, repertoire for years. So, you know, losing a, a few uh, few reps to somebody like an Alex Highsmith is hardly the end of the world. Of course, you don't want to be losing to Anthony Nelson. I don't think that he's, you know, quite slated to have a firm starting job, much, much less, you know, be a Pro Bowl player. But uh, at the same time, Anthony Nelson's been playing in the NFL for several years now, and, and that's not an accident, right? Even if he is kind of a, a third rotational rusher rather than a frontline starter. So, you know, all that said, uh, I think it's interesting to think about what the Panthers line would look like if Aquanu does play to this ceiling. You hear the Panthers line talked about, um, I think they get quite quite a bit of hype. Um, you know, I think that it might be a little bit overblown. I think Taylor Moden is, you know, unbelievable over on the right side. He's, you know, everything's so quiet over there all the time for Carolina. Just very few errors. Uh, maybe not, you know, the spectacular blocking of, you know, maybe a Jordan Mailata in Philadelphia or a Trent Williams in San Francisco. But, you know, Moden is just so steady over there. And just if Lane Johnson weren't playing in the NFL— uh, Taylor Moden would be right there with Ryan Ramchick in the discussion as the best right tackle. Now, on the interiors where I think Carolina is is not quite as strong, I think that uh, Brady Christensen um, in his move to left guard in year two certainly improved a lot. I think that Bradley Bozeman and Austin Corbett are, are both you know, solid players, but I think all three of these guys are really average players at the end of the day. And, you know, the game I would point to specifically for Christensen, but this is kind of a microcosm of this group is, you know, they had that week 15 game against the Pittsburgh Steelers sandwiched in between two great performances, one out at Seattle and then another one against the Detroit Lions. Um, and in those games, I mean, the Panthers ran all over the opponent, but against the Steelers, I mean, Cam Hayward absolutely manhandled um, Brady Christensen. And, you know, decisively won that matchup. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing with, with Christensen and Bozeman and Corbett, where if they are playing against average defensive tackles, you know, they're going to be able to handle themselves well. Uh, th things will run smoothly. But when they end up going, having to handle an elite uh, interior defender like a Cam Hayward, I mean, it just havoc ensued. And, and the Panthers' offense was really derailed in that game by their inability to get going. So to me, Ikemaquanu is going to be the X factor as to whether or not this is just an above average offensive line like it was last year, which I think is an accurate description, or whether they're really pushing to be a top five uh, offensive line in the NFL or, or maybe contend for that title as the best line in the league. I think if Aquano develops into an all-pro player, and I think that with his freaky athleticism, he could even be a little bit better than Taylor Moden, then you've got two elite um offensive tackles as well as three solid interior uh, players so you have no holes on the line which is you know probably <laughs> the most important thing in the NFL is to have no holes on the line and then when you stack two elite players on, on top of having no holes I think that you've got a chance to be yeah one of the very best lines in the NFL and if that works out uh, hey 
how much the better for Bryce Young, right? Um, you know, I think Carolina probably doesn't have a number one receiver right now, but they have um, a deep and versatile cast of weapons and, you know, a lot of uh, pretty good players. So we'll see if anybody truly emerges as the guy. But even if nobody does, you know, for Bryce Young, working with a, a very good offensive line in front of him and, you know, an interesting group of uh, pass catchers um, at the very least. I think it's a, you know, pretty cushy uh, transition as far as transitions go to the NFL for for rookies uh, at any position, much less quarterback. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I can't wait to, uh, to see Bryce Young play. Uh, if you've been following my stuff, you know I don't uh, do college tape, so uh, I've never really seen him. And uh, one of those things I can't wait to see in week one. Uh, but along with uh, those other questions, like uh, who is Akamokwano going to be in week one? And won't really get the answer until, until we see them out on the gridiron this fall. But, uh, you know, really can't wait to see this Panthers tape for a number of reasons. Bryce Young being one, but Akamokwano's development being the other. So. Um, that's all for today. Uh, you know, as always, thanks for watching. Uh, as I've been saying at the end of these shows, if you can't tell, I love talking NFL football. So uh, if you uh, enjoy listening, you know, so much the better. Uh, for more of my content, check out the Scuba Steve Football Substack and, uh, you know, look out for some new content tomorrow. Uh, into, oh, uh, today over on the Substack, um, I did talk uh, about J.C. Horn on the Panthers and what Hero Evero, the new defensive coordinator, might do with him in my article. So feel free to check that out and then look out for some more content on the Houston Texans tomorrow. And, you know, if you can uh, like, like, subscribe, uh, all those things, that's always great as I uh, try to continue to create uh, more uh, interesting content. Have a great day, everyone.